It is uh, tomorrow. I know you're all anticipating Pioneer Day in Utah. We usually celebrate that with green jello. It's just the way we roll in Utah. Uh, it's just it's just a tradition, and um, and so it is a big deal if you're in Utah. Um, so we uh, we look forward to, to being there for that. Um, it's uh, I, I I'm still kind of pinching myself that I, I get to do this. Um, I, when I before I came to Congress, I I really did study what the committees looked like and who did what. I found this little committee that has the ability to investigate anything at any time. And I thought, wow, okay, so if you want to do everything, you want to get on the Oversight and Government Reform Committee. So when I showed up and I, I talked to John Boehner, and at the time Eric Cantor and, and Kevin McCarthy, and, and, said, and they said, well, what's your biggest interest? And, and I said, well, Oversight and Government Reform. And, and they said, oh, that's available. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right, so. Um, and then after my first term, uh, I visit with John Boehner. He said, "Hey, listen, you did great. I'll put you on any committee you want, and uh, we, we think that you know you want to be on appropriations. We'd really like to put you on appropriations." And I said, "Well, can I also be on oversight?" He said, "No, you can't do that." And I said, "Well, then I'm not doing it." And he said, "You know what? You're smart because most people don't focus on." It. I said, "Look, I want to try to become the next chairman. If it's about um, seniority and..." Then, you know, just tell me now, and I, you know, I'll have to wait it out. But if it's about who's going to be working hard, pull up the shirt sleeves, getting after it, focusing on the committee, then I'd like to give it a go, even though I'm pretty young around here. And he said, no, it's, uh, I, I believe in that. And if you look at John Boehner's background, uh, the speaker, he, he jumped over a few folks, too, in his becoming the chairman of, of uh, Ed Workforce. And so, um, we did it and we were successful and very fortunate. And it's really interesting if you study the committee um, and you look back at its foundation in the early 1800s, the Congress, in its wisdom, set up this committee to oversee the executive branch. And we talk about checks and balances when we go to school, but what does that really mean? And so when you talk about the executive branch and the legislative branch and how you oversee that, back in I think it was 1814, uh, the, the Congress set up this oversight committee, different name back then, and it expanded and contracted. At one point there were 17 different committees that fell into this category, and then they contracted them back. Move forward to the mid-1800s, and there was a gentleman from Illinois, a young Abraham Lincoln, who came to the United States Congress, and the committee they put him on is today's modern-day Oversight and Government Reform Committee. And an interesting note about Abraham Lincoln when he got here, days after he got here, he earned a nickname, and that was uh, Spotty Lincoln. They kept calling him Spotty Lincoln. Because at the time, the, the Mexican-American War was raging, and Abraham Lincoln did not believe President Polk when he said that the, the Mexican-American War broke out on U.S. territory. And so Abraham Lincoln kept challenging him and saying, no, Mr. President, I want to know exactly, tell me exactly where that, those shots were fired. Because uh, anyway, he gave it, at least we know nine different speeches uh, about this and just was dogged in his approach to the president. Ends up that Abraham Lincoln was right. That the shots were actually fired in Mexican territory, not in US territory. Uh, it didn't get sorted out till till years after uh, that, that that war had kind of come and gone. But it was inspirational to me that that's what you're supposed to do. 
You know, we're not supposed to be there as a cheerleader for, for the executive branch. Now, how you do this, I would argue, is very important. And, and um, you know, politics is the art of persuasion. And you're not there, in my opinion, to just be the person that uh, yells and screams and figures out how to creatively call somebody a bad name. I just, I really do believe that there are most issues can be bipartisan and that you do need to reach out and work with the other side. And probably the most important piece of advice that I got from John Boehner when I first got here is I said, look, I don't know what I don't know, so tell me what I need to know. And he said, he thought about that for a moment and he said, you know, you can disagree, just don't be disagreeable. And I think that's absolutely right. You can, you can have a vigorous debate, that's what we're supposed to do in Congress, but how you do that is, is very, very important. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of the relationship of, that I have with Elijah Cummings. He and I disagree pretty much on everything. But we have co-signed now more than 200 letters together to the administration. And I tell you, when the Oversight Committee sends a letter to the administration, it's usually not a thank you note. Um, it's, it's usually, um, and so the idea that we have done this together, we've had great success. We've actually, more people have kind of had to leave the administration, I think, than, than most we've seen in the past, everywhere from the DEA uh, administrator. If you remember, um, that was an incident that happened back in 2011. We kind of resurrected it and challenged why she was administering it the way she did. And she ultimately ended up having to leave. Uh, Secret Service is something in a very bipartisan way that we've attacked. I don't think the Secret Service had had any sort of oversight in the last 15 or 20 years. They're not above oversight. There's still a lot of fundamental changes and alterations that have to happen there. Um, and certainly one of the biggest, uh, to just name a few, is at the Office of Personnel Management because OPM, since 1985, has these records. They claim they have 32 million people that have filled out this standard form 86, which some places can be, I can see, yes. Um, this could be 100 plus pages of some very in-depth and personal information, and yet, the uh, Office of Personnel Management is working on a COBOL operating system, something that was implemented in the 1960s. No dual authentication, no encryption, something that the Inspector General had year after year after year been warning about for nearly a decade. It got so bad last year that the Inspector General literally wrote to the OPM director and said, unplug it, turn it off. It's going. To, you're going to lose all the data, and sure enough, they did. And um, it's one of it's probably the biggest data breach in the history uh, uh, of our country, certainly of our government. And I think if you compare it to some of the things that happened with Snowden and Chelsea Manning and all that, you're going to look back on this and say this was by far the biggest and most um, most difficult to deal with because you have so much information about people who are in the government. My, my sense of it is, this was not some hackster who was trying to figure out how to do a credit card scam so they could go down to Best Buy and you know steal a few computers. This is a national intelligence problem um, that we will be dealing with for decades to come. I, I do appreciate the President's at least initial appointment of, of Beth Colbert as the acting person. She was 15 or so years at McKenzie and Company and at the OPM. She's a much more serious player. 
unfortunately, the president had put in somebody in Kathleen Archuleta, who was his political director on Obama for president. She had absolutely no business running literally the largest human resources uh, operation on the face of the planet. She had no experience, no background. I'm sure she was a very nice school teacher because she was literally a school teacher. Um, but she had no, no business operation, no technical background whatsoever to deal with these computer, major computer issues. And one, one other stat that I'll leave you with on the OPM front, since President Obama has taken office until now, the federal government has spent in excess of $525 billion on IT. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And our committee is going to continue to look at that. It's not the sexiest, biggest headline. But I don't know how you can spend half a trillion dollars and literally have the IRS, they still in part use a DOS operating system. You have a, a, a patent office who just got like Windows 97. They don't even service Windows 97 anymore. And yet they just got it. So the procurement process is really, really broken in this, this regard. And then probably the biggest thing our committee is looking at is uh, the IRS. Uh, you had political targeting that has been is factual at this point. There's no if, ands, or buts. But you had groups within the IRS who were politically targeting conservatives, impeding their, their First Amendment rights. And you're going to continue to hear more about this. Because the latest, if I had to try to create the shortest synopsis as I possibly could, when, the, when the, uh, the targeting became evident, the Oversight and Government Reform Committee put in place a subpoena for the documents, a small window of Lois Lerner's emails. Right? Internally, the IRS put a preservation order in place. Don't destroy or get rid of any documents. These documents, these emails, were in possession of the IRS, and on March 4th, 2014, they destroyed them. Now imagine if the IRS had given you a summons and for you to produce your documents, you had them in your possession and then you destroyed them. What would happen to you? Do you think they'd say, oh, darn it. <laughs> Shoot, good luck with that, you know? No, and, and the Congress has to stand up for itself. You cannot, with a duly issued subpoena and internal preservation order in place, go out and destroy documents and then say, well, there's no consequence to that. Nobody's going to be held accountable. It was nobody's fault. That's essentially what we've heard from this president who has said repeatedly there's not even a smidgen of corruption. He was on The Daily Show uh, with Jon Stewart the other night and said, well, you know what the real scandal is? The real scandal is that the IRS is underfunded. They need more agents and more people. And this is a ridiculous law. Congress passed a bad law. I learned something about this. You know this ridiculous law that the president's talking about was was passed in 1913. 1913. He, he makes it look as if we had passed out this law. So that little detail that he said on the Daily Show is you're going to see that surface a little bit more. So uh, we will continue to pursue this, and I, I promise you there will be news on the IRS uh, as early as next week. So stay tuned there. But. There's a lot going on, and I don't know if we wanted to do any questions. But sure. If, 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 I know you, you're on a pretty yes, tight time I could do like one or two questions, and then I'm supposed to be downtown and, and, and another function and uh, another meeting. But I'm happy to.
question. Robert Dibley, you did such a great job. You can have the first or the second to the last question. Yes. <laughs> the first one, marketplace fairness, your other assignment on judiciary committee. Yes. Are we going to get that over the... So I'm also on the judiciary committee. I'm not, I'm not an attorney. So you see, if I say that in my town hall meeting, I get like a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's a group full of attorneys here. Um, there has been an issue percolating for a long time that creates a lot of conflict, and that is how to deal with the sales taxes, the online sales taxes. And a very difficult issue. The Senate have dealt with this in what's called the MFA, and 77 senators voted for it, came over to the House, but we really didn't quite like this. To me, this is an issue of fairness. Um, it has to do with parity and a fundamental question about how states are going to be able to or not be able to tax transactions that happen over the internet. Because if you have physical presence, you owe the local sales tax. But you, most people don't realize this. If you purchase a good over the, over the, the internet, you, you do owe your state a use tax. There is a line on that form. Now, literally, statistically, less than 1% of Americans actually fill that part of it out. But it is something that is uh, very offensive to those on Main Street, not just the big box retailers, but I, I might state a small place called Allen's Camera Shop. People come in, they try the camera, they ask the salesperson, they got all kinds of questions, they need to figure out how to use it, they go on their mobile phone and say, all right, I'll order this online. And then they get it and they, they try to bypass the sales tax. We want to empower the states to be able to make the decision on how they handle sales tax. <clears throat> Five states in the United States have no sales tax. They have no sales tax. Just think there should be parity. That if you are ordering a good wherever you're taking possession, same person, same good, exact same product, you should have to pay your fair share. In the state of Utah, we've already passed legislation at the state level that says we're going to broaden the base, lower the rate. So as revenue comes into this account, we're actually going to lower the overall sales tax rate. To me, that's just good conservative principles, that you broaden the base, you lower the rate, you seek for parity, and uh, empower the states to do this. So it is a complicated issue. It gets demonized in this, oh, you're taxing the internet. No, we're not taxing the internet. This bill got referred to the Judiciary Committee because it's an interstate commerce issue. If it was taxing, it would go to Ways and Means. It didn't go to Ways and Means. So anyway, we're, we're neck deep in that issue, and something has to give. Something has Appreciate to give. I gave a long answer on that one. So listen, <laughs> thank you. 